Welcome to Staples. Hi, Staples guy. I have to get my kids ready for back to school. Staples has tons of deals, like one-subject notebooks for just 25 cents. So they'll be 110% ready. Wait a minute. That's 10% more ready than 100% ready. That's right. Yeah, I was a math major. I could tell. Make low prices happen? Make 110% ready happen. Staples, make more happen. Right now, Lexar S50 16 gigabyte flash drives are just $6.99. Offer valid while supplies last limit five per customer ends 8815. Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. Hey, all you movie fans out there. This is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning in to Movie Attic Headquarters. We have a great show for you today, folks, because we'll be talking about two recent movies starring Oscar winner Al Pacino, and mostly because noted film critics James Colt Harrison and Diana Sanger are here to discuss their favorite Pacino movies and performances. Considered by many to be one of the greatest actors in all of film history, Pacino began his movie career in Me, Natalie, which was released in 1969. And now he boasts over 50 acting credits on the Internet Movie Database. His awards include a Best Actor Academy Award for Scent of a Woman and additional Oscar nominations for Dog Day Afternoon, Glen Gary, Glen Ross, Dick Tracy, The Godfather, Serpico, and Justice for All, and Godfather Part Two. You know, folks, 2015 has been a very good year for Al Pacino. His impressive performances in Manglehorn and Danny Collins are winning rave reviews. Before we get to those two um, current movies, let's bring our guests on for a more general discussion about the veteran actor. Now, you know that James and Diana have been with us many, many times before. So if you're a regular listener, you know that they uh, have impressive qualifications as film critics. But for new listeners, I'd like uh, them to hear um, a little bit about both of uh, these uh, colleagues of mine. James is a film historian who served as the premier film critic for the La Jolla Village News. He has contributed film commentary to such outlets as Rage Monthly, No Cover Music Magazine, Review Express, Classic Movie Guide, and San Diego Metro Weekly. Diana founded Classic Movie Guide, and she is also the entertainment editor for the San Diego East County Gazette and operates her own site called Review Express. I see they're both waiting patiently in the green room, and I'd like to welcome them back to the show right now. Diana, thanks for working us into your busy schedule. Oh, it's my pleasure, Betty Jo, and Al Pacino is one of my favorites, so I'm delighted. Oh, I'm so uh, I'm so glad that you could be with us. I know that you've been uh, you you had a recent trip to Europe, and and that's why we haven't heard heard from you for a few <laughs> weeks. Um, uh, did you enjoy yourself? Did you ha- you took a little time off, right? 
I did. It was so nice to get away from movies and screenings and deadlines, deadlines, no deadlines, just walking and seeing beautiful, beautiful countries. It was 20 days of just Arvana. <laughs> well, you deserve it. But then you got to come back and catch up. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. That's why I said you're busy schedule. I know whenever you go away, then you come back, you've got your twice as busy. But it's always great to have you with us. And the same goes for for our friend James, of course. James, how are things in beautiful La Jolla? Are you staying put there and, and not doing um, much traveling this summer? Uh, no, I'm not traveling right now. In fact, the only time I come inside is when I have to do your show, because either that I'm on the beach, sunning and tanning and looking like George Hamilton. Wow. I've seen photos. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I wish I was there. I think La Jolla has to be one of the loveliest places in the world. But, uh, but oh, well, enough of the travelogue. <laughs> Let's talk about yeah. Al Pacino. Who? Why Al Pacino? Yeah, we, we have to talk about Al Pacino, and I've been really excited about talking with, uh, with you two about him. Why do you think that Pacino has remained so popular in movies. I think it's been over 40 years if he started back in 1969. James, you're our historian, so why why do you think that he has maintained his popularity? Well, I think he's, he keeps trying to act, and, and that keeps him on the screen. He tries to, <laughs> he tries to improve his acting, because, you know, he's no good. You know, he's only have a couple of Oscars and <laughs> Emmys and... Who knows what else? He's he's got a whole room full of awards. I hate him. He does. He does. I mean, he acting actually means something to him. He's really trying to do, really try. That's a a great answer for a film historian, Diana. Diana, do you have anything to add? Well, you know, <laughs> he was said. he was a, a very young boy, depressed and in poverty, and he became a method actor, which is many don't do today. Trained by Lee Strasberg and Charlie Lawton in the Actors Studio, but anybody who saw him as Michael Corleone and Corleone and The Godfather or Tony Montana and Scarface realized that he's an amazing actor, and even young actors today totally admire his talent. How true, how true. Diana, you're absolutely right. Everybody looks up to him. Uh, there there was no performance for me better than the, the Godfather. He was so superb in that, so evil, and yet so charming. You know, it was like a snake. It was wonderful. <laughs> he could do that. He could do that. That, that is yeah. true. Well, oh, God, he was so good in it. I, I agree with both of you. I, the the one thing that I uh, really feel about Al Pacino is that whenever you see his name associated with a movie, you you expect the movie the movie to to be a quality movie. Yeah. And yeah. he's just so uh, dedicated as an actor, and that goes with what you were saying, James. I mean, he tries to act. He really, really <laughs> does. He's- He's and, still learning, and he's still—that's right, because he's, he's still learning. You know, taking all kinds of different roles now that are that are pretty surprising, and uh, and doing which we'll talk about in in a little bit, and uh, and and he has so many unforgivable performances. I mean, 
uh, I ask the people on Facebook to uh, what their favorites uh, performances or films of Al Pacino, Pacino were. And here's what Mac Bates, you both know Mac Bates, he's a film critic in, in Wisconsin, and I think he's been on some of our shows at the same time that you've been on. And he just couldn't stop listing. <laughs> he, said, <laughs> the, he says the first two God, uh, Godfather films, uh, he liked them as Serpico in Serpico, Sunny in Dog Day Afternoon, Tony Montana, as you mentioned, uh, Diana in Scarface, Ricky Roma and Gary Glenn Ross. Now, this is one I had forgot about. I guess it's because it was on a miniseries, I think, on TV. Jack Kevorkian in You Don't Know Jack, Roy Cohen in Angels in America, Johnny in Frankie and Johnny, which I had forgotten about completely. That was a Gary Marshall kind of romantic comedy with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer and um, Al Pacino, Carlito in Carlito's Way, Lefty in uh, Donnie Brasco, and I think Max could have gone. Uh, Matt could have gone on and on. I think he just got got tired. <laughs> but he put all of those. <laughs> and then uh, I was talking, and then Chris Mansell, who's uh, on Facebook and um, is uh, very well read and uh, knows so much about movies, mentions a movie that was never. I mean, I I don't think it was ever shown here in my area. But I just lucked out going to Telluride and happened to be there when this film was premiered and Al Pacino was there. And so Chris Mansell has appointed, this is what his favorite performance, Chinese Coffee. And I'm so glad that somebody mentioned that because it had the great Jerry Orbach and Al Pacino as two writers. It was kind of a dinner with Andre. Did either one of you see Chinese Coffee? No, no, not I at all. I think I did. I think I did. Sounds mm-hmm. familiar. It's from uh, 2000. It it really it is worth looking worth looking yeah. into. I mean, if you haven't seen it, because the uh, the it, it's a lot of talk because it's these two writers friends getting together and just talking about their uh, their writing, about their friendship, uh, you know, talking about everything really, and the manuscript that one of them is. Is uh, writing and and uh, no uh, Orbach and Pacino they just really really play off each other so well so that's Chinese coffee and then this morning uh, Wacko Bob of the Wacko Radio Radio <laughs> Network has me on every Tuesday morning to tell them what's uh, what's coming up on Movie Attic headquarters and so I asked uh, and he had Cat Vecchioni as his co-host this morning so I asked them. What are their favorite uh, movies or performances? And right away, Wackle Bob says Scarface. He didn't have to blink an eye. And then <laughs> he mentioned Carlito's Way. And then Cat Vecchioni was like Mac Bates. Every time she'd say one thing, then she'd start going to another one. She would. Uh, she said Scent of a Woman, Serpico, Dog Day Afternoon, Heat. And then I think the time was running out on the show, <laughs> so people could go. <laughs> they would go on and on about that. But uh, what other what other movie star? I mean, has this kind this kind of re, this kind of reaction? I think he he really gets everybody excited. But what what are your favorite Pacino performances, Diana? Well, I have three. 
loved him in The Godfather. He owned that role. It was heartbreaking to see a normal guy that might have been headed for a very happy family life to follow in his family's crime syndicate. And, um, you know, by the time The Last Godfather came around, which didn't have him, I found that really flat. You really missed him. And Serpico, he was in... He just intensely, which he always did, got into his character as an undercover cop. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was one that people really remembered. I mean, he had a talent to capture us, and the viewers were right there with him in the danger or thrills. And um, when he would talk about films like this, you could just see that he had a genuine satisfaction in, in his demeanor. Dog Day Afternoon was quirky but amazing, um, again, a sad story, and he literally drug us into that bank. You know, we were with him in the hesitations, the indecisions. I mean, you were right there hoping it would be the right one. And um, I think that was, you know, one of his best best works to date. And um, it's been called, you know, one of his best 25 all-time performances. So um, it's it's right up there. And all three were nominated for Best Actor, but he did not win those. Uh, no, he he didn't, but he uh, certainly came close, I'll bet, and those are excellent uh, favorites. Uh, James, do, do you have the same favorites as uh, Diana, or, or are there others that you uh, pick as your favorites? Uh, well, I, yeah, of course, I love all the ones she picked, and uh, I, lo- I like Scent of a Woman, which was made in 1992, and that's the one he won the Academy Award for Best Actor. And I believe he played a blind uh, military man in that one. A Marine, uh, I think. Right. Yeah, a Marine. And uh, I loved uh, Dick Tracy, believe it or not, because he was so over the top in that one. It was a performance you couldn't forget. Dick Tracy in 1990, that's an old one. But my favorite all time, it has to be The Godfather, uh, because he was so subtle in when he was a young man and he was innocent and a nice guy and then to see him slowly change into this evil person who took over the syndicate and and then had people rubbed out and everything he didn't think a thing about it uh i just thought that performance was brilliant i don't think he could ever top that one i'm afraid that's his best role yeah, that that was quite a journey, quite a journey, and uh, he didn't miss a beat. That was that was just uh, a number one <laughs> acting for sure. Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah, I just yeah. and uh, that that trilogy has really lasted. I I noticed that that it's shown on uh, television so many times with times with many different. Um, you know, many different channels on television, so it's still oh, yeah. very, very watchable. People will watch it over and over again because it's a, uh, such a great trilogy. Maybe the third one wasn't that great, but but it really does stand up. And I I'm with you on Scent of a Woman. That's the that's the the role that uh, Pacino did get his best actor Oscar in, and I was so happy when he did. Uh, yeah, but finally, he yeah, he finally got an Oscar. I mean, he was nominated so many times before and 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 didn't win. And he, he certainly deserved it for Godfather, which he didn't get it for. He was nominated but didn't win. Right. Well, you know what 
turned the trick for me was that uh, tango that he did with Gabriel Anwar. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> wow, that was just that was just it was un- unforgettable and um he's uh, even and Chris O'Donnell was very good in that as his uh, as his babysitter, you know, who's uh, letting him get well he doesn't let him get in all this trouble on this on this week on this weekend. <laughs> the the movie itself is just such a treat to watch and um that's that's one for the ages too. Then I also really enjoyed him in Sea of Love, where he played a New York uh, detective um, trying to solve a, a serial murder, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and he's, um, uh, he falls in love with the chief suspect, which is uh, Ellen Barkin, <laughs> and I thought the chemistry between those two was just, just terrific. Oh, and Ellen Barkin's so a marvelous actress. She's a oh, marvelous. She is. She is. And um, I think uh, Al Pacino enjoyed that movie with with her too. I, and uh, it, if people who are fans of Al Pacino haven't seen Sea of Love, I think that they should check it out because it's it's really a fascinating movie. Well, okay, we know about the performances now that we've we've pulled out that we think are are his best, and at least there are favorites. But now let's try to pick out the best films. So, James, why don't you go first on that? Which okay. now you, we want one. We want one. <laughs> which which of Pacino's many films? is your favorite, and I think I know what you're going to say. I think you've pretty well given us the, the clues. We don't need uh, we don't need a uh, New York detective here to come in and tell. So, but say it again. <laughs> say it again, James. Well, I'll tell you, it, it's not Sea of Love, it, and it's not Scarface, and it's not Cruising, but it is, <laughs> drum roll, the Godfather. All time favorite. Yeah, Diana. Absolutely. I think James James likes the Godfather. He's I'm gathering that. <laughs> Godfather. Probably Godfather too. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I like the two Godfathers. The third one, not so much, but uh, naturally, yeah. the first one was the most brilliant. Yeah. So Godfather one and, and two. Well, yeah. Diana, what's what's your pick for the very best film of um, Well they were captivating career? but um I'm I'm on the scent of a woman. <laughs> oh uh, I knew you'd pick that one and, um, it's romantic. Of course. And uh yeah. he was actually in the army. Oh was he in the army? army? Yeah. I thought it was yeah. His blind what was that that he used to say? What did he say? Hoo-ha. 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 And he had that uh-huh. down so permanently. It just personified, you know, what he did. And um, and then to see him, you know, end up in this situation. But, you know, he doesn't take pity on himself. And, you know, he's this aggressive, hard-nosed character. And when this poor student, Charlie, agrees to go accompany him to New York to make some money, um, it's nothing like he expected, you know. And, um, I mean, there's a suicide attempt, and there's Charlie trying to help Frank, and Frank trying to help Charlie. And 
and the dancing, all that part, and the school part, and there's just so much to it. But each 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 semi plot is like tied together so well that I thought it was just great. And towards the end, um, you know, Frank can't see, but the ending is so touching that he actually does see the truth in life, and that's what right. I right. Well said, well said. Well, two two very good picks, uh, I think. And mine is is one that maybe uh, most people haven't seen, but I like. I just love this film so much. It's a documentary that uh, Al Pacino directed, and it's called Looking for Richard. I think it was back in the ni- back in 1990s, and he loves Shakespeare. He's he's an avid fan of William Shakespeare, and in this film he went on he did an in-depth analysis of Shakespeare's Richard the Third, and it, there ha, there were some interviews with actors and uh, all, you know all sorts of um, wonderful uh, clips of uh, Shakespeare plays and the costumes. It was made in 1996, by the way. It's a documentary that he made, and that's a good choice, Betty Jo. Well, thank you. And I did mention that it, that uh, Chino is a uh, Shakespeare fan, and very, very uh, into Shakespeare. His favorite play, and the only thing he would like to do is just play Hamlet in some little you know, out of the way theater in some small town, he'd be just happy if he could do <laughs> if he could do that. But he just outdid himself as uh, you know, going into the character of Richard the Third. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yes. Okay, so we're not breaking up now. No. Thank heavens. Well, do you have any <laughs> anecdotes about Pacino? Here's a guy that's been um giving us uh so many wonderful performances since back in nineteen sixty nine and um uh, Played with so many different uh, actors and actresses. Uh, do you have any uh, behind-the-scenes information that you'd like to share with our listeners, Diana? Sure. And um, he has done stage also. He's won two Tonys. And you're right, he loves Shakespeare. He did that film, Merchant of Venice. Uh, what I found interesting was that uh, he originally asked for $7 million for The Godfather Part Three, And... And Francis Ford Coppola was so incensed that he threatened to write a new script that opened up with Michael Corleone's funeral. (laughs) (laughs) So Pacino settled for $5 million. (laughs) And he was once arrested and charged with carrying a concealed weapon, and after making all those police movies, I guess he just thought that was okay. (laughs) And he's one of the few actors who has never married. How about that? That's right. Well, That's yes, right. he, he did. He liked to play a lot. He liked to play with Tuesday Weld. Uh, <laughs> oh, his first girlfriend was uh, Jill Clayburg. They met in, when he was just starting out in a play, and uh, they became uh, boyfriend and girlfriend, to put it nicely, and they were together for about five years. And unfortunately, as we know, Jill Clayburg passed away a few years ago, Mm-hmm. And so we lost her. But uh, uh, Al Pacino also loved the European actress, Mark Keller, who was a beautiful blonde. From uh, Bobby Deerfield? Yeah, Bobby Deerfield, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Kathleen Quinlan and a girl came, named Linda Lindell Hobbs. Is that her? I don't know. But uh, And he has 
I don't. Diane, do you know how many children he has? He has three. Um, he has a set of twins. Twins. Twin. I think they're twin boys, with one actress, and yeah, I think a daughter with another one. And uh, yeah, that's that's. Beverly oh, D'Angelo yeah. is the mother of the of the twins. Right. Right. Oh yeah. Oh, what about Diane Keaton? I think he. Uh, yes. Canoodled with her as well. Yes, he did. <laughs> but nobody caught him. Nobody caught him. <laughs> I don't know. Is that word in the dictionary? <laughs> well, it was Diane. It is now. Keaton. <laughs> That's all right. I'll, I'll make up something else. <laughs> well, well, Diane Keaton, I think, is the one. Uh, he he was not doing very many uh, many movies there for a while, and she she talked him into coming back and doing. Uh, Movies because she knew that the, that he liked he was he was doing a lot of theater work, I think yeah. and yeah. well what I was uh, interested in uh, seeing is that over on the internet movie database under the trivia section it has a, a note there that he started in stand up com- comedy <laughs> I can't imagine right. no I can't imagine that either. <laughs> And and also that he said uh, he thinks of himself as a dancer. Well, he did such a, a beautiful job in that uh, tango uh, scene in Scent of a Woman. Uh, he's but he said that he he d- doesn't think that he would uh, could do Dancing with the Stars because he's uh, too shy. And <laughs> would I love to see him on Dancing with the Stars? I think we should go on a campaign. That would. Be oh fun. my gosh. That would that would just be that would just be so much fun to to see, and then I was looking at the roles that he turned down, and I think I'm glad that he turned some of these down. <laughs> I don't know what you think about this, but he turned down Han Solo. Now, right. can you imagine in the, him in Han- Star Wars? Yeah. He yeah, turned down uh, the role of Ted Kramer. That that must be uh, Dustin Hoffman, Hoffman in Kramer versus Kramer. He turned down Brando's role in Apocalypse Now. Mm. He turned down Gene Hackman's role in Crimson Tide. And I think he was wise to turn these down. Don't you, Diana? Yes, I do. That's one thing about Al Pacino. I think that he knows, you know, he he can tell when he reads the script. Somebody asked him why he turned down Han Solo, and he said he didn't understand the script. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then that was a good choice, huh? He's not alone. Half the movies I see today, I don't know what's going on in them. (laughs) I know. I know, and we forgot to mention he's a, he's also an avid fan of opera, and I guess he ushered at one time at uh, Carnegie Hall. But um, I I really am just so surprised with Pacino's work in these two uh, new films. And before we talk about them, I was wondering if either one of you had anything else you'd like to add about Al Pacino before we go to Danny Collins and Manglehorn. James, anything else that you've thought about that you'd like to share about Al Pacino? Well, uh, I would love to interview him. He's he's one of the people that I 
haven't been able to interview so far. But I understand he's a difficult interview and is not too forthcoming, so that might be Well, he's shy. He's, he's shy, yeah, he's shy. He's a movie star and is seen by billions of people around the world, and he's shy. <laughs> Ridiculous. I know. <laughs> How about you, Diana? Anything else you'd like to, to share about Al I just hope he keeps acting for a long time. I just love I seeing him too. on the screen. I do, too. And, Me, um, too. I wanted to mention that I, that um, Al Pacino did introduce Chinese coffee at the Telluride Film Festival that we attended, and I can vouch for the fact that he's that he's very shy. Of course, the first thing we noticed about him when he was giving the introduction to the film, um, I know he's he's not a very tall actor. I knew that, but I didn't realize that he was as uh, small as he is in person. And um, then he gave a very nice introduction to the film and how much the film meant to him and everything. And then he just, he left. He didn't stay for the showing, or at least not that we could, not that we could see. And so uh, I think that's part of him uh, being such a shy and and reclusive uh, person. So we're hoping that he's not too shy to give James Colt Harrison an interview. <laughs> and, uh, oh, that would be nice. <laughs> what about Diana? Well, Diana, no, yes, no, you didn't no. say. You didn't say you wanted an, you want an interview, too. No, no, never mind, Diana. I want the interview. <laughs> two of you. Two of you interviewing. Exclusive, yes. We'll fight this Like out. you did Hugh O'Brien. You go. Right. We're, a, we're a pair. We can go as a team. We can go as a team, yes. Everybody loves That's us. Right. They have no taste. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, anyway, I did I did promise our promise our listeners that we would talk about these two new films that have just uh, impressed me so much, uh, Danny Collins and and Manglehorn. And I I do have to confess that sometimes with Al Pacino, um, I think he gets into a situation where he mistakes uh, shouting for acting, and that's the only fault <laughs> that I can find about him. But he he actually turned the volume down in these two roles, and he nails both of these characters. They're, they're definitely less than, than perfect, and he really made me care care about what happens to them. I mean, they, they, they have made a lot of mistakes. Manglehorn has a destructive obsession, and Danny Collins goes on this relentless search for, re, for redemption. And they, they, both characters, they seem to, so real to me because Pacino just seemed to get inside each man's heart and soul. Now, um, you saw Danny Collins... James, so I did, um, yes. what was your what was your opinion of that uh, movie and of Al Pacino's performance? Uh, I'm a little bit so-so about that movie. Uh, it, it was interesting. Uh, I don't know. I I thought he might be too old for the part, but on the other hand, he was playing an old, broken-down rock star. So maybe he was perfect for the. What do I know? I'm not a director, but. Uh, I, I just I I personally didn't think the role was right for him, but I thought he did a brilliant job in it. 
I, I agree, and um, I didn't think that the role would be right for him, but uh, he, he won me over. And in fact, I, I I had to write I had to write a poem about it. So, oh, and I, so would you like to hear my review and my uh, poem? We'd love to. Of course you would. Of course you would. <laughs> we have no choice. You'll cut Which, us that's off. right. You're here. <laughs> I have a trapped. I have a trapped audience. <laughs> well, let's let's do Danny. Let's do Danny Collins. By the way, dear listeners, it is out on DVD. Danny Collins has earned great fame. He's a rock star. Yes, that's his game. He sings old songs to please old fans, but now he wants to change his plans. So unhappy with his lifestyle, he needs something to make him smile. He wants to find his adult son and right the wrongs he knows he's done. He yearns to write much better songs and be with kin where he belongs. Can Danny stop his booze and drugs? Will changes come as well as hugs? Al Pacino stars in this part and gives it depth as well as heart. Annette Benning adds welcome class. She's his new muse with lots of sass. All players do, just as they're told, to bring viewers into the fold. Redemption moves the story here and makes us laugh and cry and cheer. Okay, so that's my poem. Did I capture this, the spirit of the film? Yeah, absolutely. I think that explains the film exactly the way it is and right. how he is in the, in the movie, yeah. Would you like to hear Jim's last comment in his review? Yes, yes. What was James' last comment? He says, Pacino and and Cannaval excel as well as they can. It's not all drama and gloom. There are many funny scenes, and Pacino is also a master of comedy. In fact, he's the entire picture. All right. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) What a great review. (laughs) That is a great review. (laughs) Well, you know what? uh, Dan Fogelman. Who did? Who, he's written so many different scripts. I think Tangled and Crazy Stupid Love come to mind. But this is his uh, directorial debut, and I think this was a wise choice for him because it had such a great combination of drama and, and comedy. And I know it's hard to imagine Pacino as a singer, but I just am smiling here just thinking about how well he pulls it off. And there's humorous and serious dialogue in most scenes. And this uh, Annette Benning, I, I thought there, it was so much fun to watch Annette and Pacino together. They had such a fun chemistry. They seem to enjoy these two characters who are so different from each other. She portrays a business-like hotel manager who can't help being surprised that someone famous like Danny wants to spend time with her. And then the more they see each other, the more their feelings for one another, even though there are uh, grow, even though there are serious problems that are standing in their in their way. And the other actors, Cannaval, oh, he's just Bobby, great yeah, as Bobby the strange. He's, yeah, he's great, yeah. And how did you like this sweet performance by Jennifer Garner, James? Well, I'm madly in love with Jennifer Garner. I have always loved her ever since she was on TV on that spy show she did. Uh, I just think she's the greatest thing, and Ben Affleck should be smacked on the head if he doesn't keep her. (laughs) I think it's too late. (laughs) <laughs> okay, and you I heard like it here. them both. I, I like them both. 
but <laughs> they were they were very good. And this cute little Giselle Eisenberg that plays the seven-year-old uh, granddaughter oh, yeah. of Danny yeah. Collins. And I thought the icing on the cake was uh, Christopher Plummer as Danny's uh, manager, a very caring manager who starts the ball rolling by giving Danny a letter written to him, written yeah. to Danny years ago by John Lennon. And all this, plus background music, including some of John Lennon's memorable hits. So I, I don't think there's going to be another movie this year that will uh, take the place uh, away from Danny Collins. So you can see, you and I agree, but but you're not as as, as enthusiastic as I am about uh, Danny Collins. No, no, I I, I thought it was a, a good movie, but I just wasn't sure whether he was right for the part. And of course, everybody else in it, Annette Benning, who's one of our own here in San Diego, we love her, and uh, Bobby Cannavale, I've always liked. He's sort of that. Uh, Humpy Italian type uh, from New York, and uh, everybody in the cast is just great. Yes, I thought it was a, a strong, very, very strong cast. Okay, I think we got we have time for um, Manglehorn, so I'll I'll start with a uh, poem. I wrote a poem for that too. I don't know what's Yay. happening in my in my uh in my old age i mean uh, this uh, poet in, inside me is being unleashed but uh, i liked i liked uh, i really thought that uh, al pacino was great as this he, he was intense very and that's one of his trademarks his intensity who played this elderly eccentric locksmith with a broken heart so so here's the poem wow. a lonely man who pines away for his lost love both night and day that's manglehorn a sad man with a cat, his pet, who needs some help and from a vet, that's Manglehorn. A man not skilled in social ways, he finds one friend, but then he pays, that's Manglehorn. Can this man change his life and heart? Will he agree to make a start? See Manglehorn. <laughs> so that's the <laughs> I should be the PR person for Manglehorn. <laughs> you, you should be. Was that picture ever released? It's uh, Manglehorn was released, um, I think, a very limited release uh, about a month ago, and it will be out on DVD in October. So I do urge people to uh, to look. It's it is we'll one of uh, yeah yeah. It's one of one of his best uh, best performances, and Holly Hunter is uh, in this movie. And oh, she I love is, Holly. She is just wonderful, and you you have this this Manglehorn who just tries to get by each day, but he can't forget the woman he loved and lost. He writes to her every day, and she never answers. And then, as the years pass, he becomes bitter and sarcastic and and cynical and surly. His relationship with his son is just arguing all the time. And so the only close friend he has is his cat, Franny, who needs intestinal surgery. He does get along with his <laughs> darling granddaughter, played by Skylar Casper. And uh, and he sees uh, Holly Hunter's character once a week when he goes to the bank, you know, to put, to draw out money or to put in money. She owns a dog, so they converse about their pets. And, I, you know, you just can't help hoping they get together. But they do have a first date. But on that first date, 
watch for this scene. Something so awkward happens that I almost yelled at the screen. Have you ever wanted to do that? Oh, yes. <laughs> I just will never forget it. And <laughs> these two should win Oscar consideration, just even for this one scene. For the one and scene. the dialogue, outrageously shocking dialogue. And uh, Holly Hunter is great, but this is uh, Al Pacino's. Yeah, it's definitely his his movie. So now have I talked you both into seeing Manglehorn? Yeah. Well, I th- I think so, and I just wanted to ask you if you had been escorted out of the theater when you were screaming at them. <laughs> well, I have a screener. <laughs> <laughs> a screaming screener. So, I, was, I was in the privacy of my so-called office. <laughs> so, but if I had been in the theater, I, they probably would have have escorted me out. Well, so. yes, I, I, I want our listeners to know that Betty Jo is a very dainty little woman, so she could be picked up by a 10-year-old boy and escorted <laughs> out. <laughs> they could. Yeah. They, they, I might give them a fight, though. I'd give them a fight to take me out of the Manglehorn. I wouldn't want to miss that. I can't believe the time has gone by so fast, and it's always so much fun to have you have you both on. I just, you just make me so happy. But it is time to wrap things up. So here's a big shout-out to you, James Gold Harrison and Diana Sanger, for being such great guests again today. And yay. thanks to the folks. Yeah, yay is right. And thanks to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for their support. And to our producer, Nikki Starr, for everything she does for the show. Hope she'll be back with us soon. Thanks to our chatters and other listeners. I hope everyone enjoyed the show. Before closing the show, I want to recommend some other radio shows for you folks. Please check out Comedy Concepts, hosted by the hilarious Nancy Lombardo, right here on Blog Talk Radio, every Monday and Friday morning at 10.30 Eastern Time, as well as the Mom and Pop Shop Show, hosted by Mr. Showbiz himself, George Bettinger. Diana and James know George, and they are, are good pals, and uh, I think he's got one of the most entertaining radio shows ever. It's over there on DreamStream Radio every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Plus, don't forget all the diverse shows on the Wacko Network here on Blog Talk Radio. There's something for everybody in the Wacko wheelhouse. Please come back next time for another spirited discussion about movies. And in the meantime, to check out our film reviews at realtalkreviews.com. That's R-E-E-L, realtalkreviews.com. That's all for now, folks, because both of Al Pacino's new films deal with loneliness and growing old. Let's go out with Charlie Chaplin's poignant theme song from modern times. It's one of the greatest movie theme songs ever written, and I think you'll all recognize it. <laughs>